same old day But there's nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer Kind of glue that sticks this world together Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. I am Scott Reynolds. Today on the Pewter Report Podcast, along with me is J.C. Allen. How are you? Doing great. You know, we're almost there. I think we're, what, Bradley Pinion days away from from the game starting up. So, you know, we had a lot of busy news the last two days. Excited to get into it and excited to kind of, you know, excited to kind of break down these moves. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at the practice squad moves that that uh, unit was pretty much finalized today. There'll be a couple of changes, of course, as the season goes along, maybe even this week. We'll see. But we have practice squad news today, as well as for your viewing and listening pleasure, the Bucks Pro Bowl predictions, courtesy of yours truly and JC. We'll have our uh, our thoughts on which Buccaneers will be making the Pro Bowl this year. Crazy. JC to, to think last year, one Buccaneer Pro Bowler on a Super Bowl team, and of course that was that was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. So yeah. that it's it's kind of crazy that, that only one Buccaneer made the Pro Bowl, yet this team won its last eight games and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, not that he didn't deserve it, but there are definitely more deserving candidates on the team as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the year Trisha and Worst have, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah. um, I, I think it will be a little bit different this year. All eyes are going to be on this Bucks team, and I think, you know, some of these guys that are going to really show out this year, especially with another year in the system, both offensive and defensive. For sure. And, uh, you know, one one tasty beverage that always shows up and shows out, JC, is, is Celsius. That's, oh, that's yeah. our, our title sponsor. Um, I did not have my Celsius orange today and I'm feeling it. I, I made the rookie mistake from a 26 year veteran here. I didn't start my day with Celsius. I woke up and thought, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be able to, to hang today. And of course with the rain and the dreary skies here in Tampa, uh, it's maybe incredibly tired. Now the problem is it's four o'clock. It's too late for me to have one of these because it works so well, JC, all of the energy that I would need would keep me up well into the night so yeah i've got two little kids so i mean i need this energy right now i'll drink about half of this put the rest in the fridge and crack crack the rest of it in the morning because it, it's it's good no matter what so definitely gives okay. you a ton of energy it, it really does and, and the thing about about celsius is it's not just an amazing energy drink with all of the energy that you need with no sugar crash because there's no sugar in it uh but i did have one of these today this is the fast energy bar, the salted caramel peanut crunch. It was a tough decision between this and the cookies and cream. Both mm. of these flavors are tremendous. Uh, I was smart. I got, uh, I used the, the, the promo code that was uh, up a couple weeks ago, and I got two boxes of these for back to school for my, my kids because when they go to high school, they just grab one of these in the morning, powers them throughout the day, powers me throughout the day as well, working from home here. And um, and so it, it's it's great energy. Uh, only two flavors right now, but both of those flavors I can testify are fantastic. So make sure that you check out uh, Amazon to buy Celsius in bulk, as well as the fast protein bars, and um, start your day off right. Absolutely. Well, the I'll Buccaneers have started things off right with their practice squad. I think I think they yeah. brought back a lot of familiar faces and a couple of new guys. JC, should we get right to it? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of guys too that I think were a lot of fans were like, hmm. And I know we we spoke about it off air about some of the guys that aren't on this list, but you look at the the names and the familiar faces, and you got to remember too when you're when you're building a practice squad, you're not just building uh, guys who could potentially step up onto the roster. You're also building a lot of your scout team there. Uh, one name that I was not surprised to see, obviously Ryan Griffin, but Cyril Grayson. I mean, you can't teach speed, you can't replicate speed. Yeah. And Cyril Grayson is a guy who's got a boatload of it, former track star. So he was a guy I thought they would definitely bring back and not surprising to see him. Uh, Jaden Mickens is a guy who I thought they'd bring back too, but I thought that he'd have more suitors. Um, just being that, you know, kind of came on as a wide receiver throughout camp, was looking really well. And his kick returning ability, you know, kick returners are, are hard to find. <laughs> if yeah. you're a Tampa fan, you know that for sure. Yeah, and I think too, you mentioned – these guys on the practice squad will be comprising a lot of the scout team, you know, guys work. Travis Johnson is a guy, the wide receiver. Uh, he's back for another year in the practice squad. They like him a lot. And I think that next year, if Antonio Brown departs, I think he has a chance of, of making it if he, if he has a good year behind the scenes. The reason I say that is he's a big guy with some speed. And actually, when they go to prepare for the Saints games, Travis Johnson plays the role of Taysom Hill as that wildcat quarterback, that running quarterback that they like to do in those certain packages. And certainly now with Jameis Winston winning the starting quarterback role, that frees up Taysom Hill to once again be that kind of wildcat quarterback slash slot receiver slash tight end and a guy that can kick and you know do good kick returns as well for the Saints. So Travis Johnson is the guy that plays – Taysom Hill and gives the Bucks defense a good look. Now, you could say that based upon last year's 38 to 3 loss at home, it wasn't exactly a great look. But that wasn't Travis Johnson's fault. That was the fault of the Bucks defense for just having a really crap game, not just the defense, but the offense too. So uh, Travis Johnson I, played quarterback in, in college too, if I'm not mistaken, at Montana. Yeah, we he was he was a wide receiver and a wildcat quarterback. So he plays that position really well. And and I think that that's what the Bucks like about him. He's a big guy, 6'3, about 220 pounds. Can block so, too. Yeah, he he does bring a lot of versatility there. So so we talked we talked about Ryan Griffin, Jaden Mickens, Syro Grayson, the speed guy with no hands, uh, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Helmet. <laughs> Yeah, to help a catch uh, attempt uh, back last year. Travis Johnson, uh, let's talk about the, the tight ends. We'll get to running back Darwin Thompson in just a minute, but Cody McElroy, him coming back over Tanner Hudson, your thoughts on that? Not surprised, and it's something that a lot of fans kind of were talking about. You know, Mr. August, as he's known, because yeah, – September now, Jason. Right? <laughs> we're September. in September, exactly. So, you know, he, he's the guy who looked great in camp. I mean, he catches almost everything his way. He was a leading receiver for the Bucks throughout the preseason. Um, it just he, – he just can't get the, the other aspects of the tight end position down, and that's something that, you know, you heard Bruce Arian say. I mean, his, his – he said it. Uh, in his press conference that Tanner Hudson's blocking has regressed. And I don't know how much you can regress from being, right. a, you know, almost a non-factor as a blocker, but you know, it's good for him. He'll get a new opportunity. He's going over to the 49ers, you know, Kittle's bound to go down at some point and maybe he can catch on an opportunity there. But uh, I think just Cody McElroy, I mean, he's shown up as a blocker a little bit better. Uh, former basketball player, so he's got that height, that speed, that athleticism, and I think the Bucks really want to work with him again. I think this is his third year too on the practice squad as well. Um, so yes. it, it was, it was 
it was not surprising um, that he would go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it just got to the point where with Tanner Hudson, they gave him an opportunity to become a better blocker, right? It's like when he first made the practice squad a couple of years ago, they said, hey, Tanner, you got to work on the blocking. And, and then last year, hey, Tanner, got to work on the blocking. And this year, hey, Tanner, got to work on the blocking. And I just think that that uh, they just ran out of patience with yeah. Tanner Hudson. And he's a one-trick pony. And one-trick ponies stick around for a little bit, but you you got to be able to do more. you got to be able to grow as a player in this league to stick unless you're just uber talented or come with, you know, uh, a big contract via free agency or, you know, a, a high draft status as a draft pick. So that wasn't the case for Tanner Hudson and we'll see how he progresses there, but you're right that Cody McElroy brings a little bit more as a blocker. He's 29 years old. He's no spring chicken, but yeah. that's, that's the interesting thing about the practice squad this day and age. I mean, you've got, you've got Ryan Griffin who's entering his seventh year in Tampa Longest tenure quarterback. It, yeah, it used to be that that the practice squad was for like rookies or second year players or whatever. But this year, uh, last year especially with with the COVID changes, and I like the fact that it goes to sixteen players. Oh, yeah. Right, I that, love the new rules. That's part of the reason why they've got to restructure the contract for for Mike Evans. You know, everyone I've been receiving texts. So, who are they going to sign with this money that they're freeing up with Mike Evans restructure? practice squad guys right i mean that's really what it is what happens is they're looking to clear up about eight million dollars okay and and they're going to need that much for a couple reasons number one the top 51 rule is gone so now all 53 players salaries count towards the salary cap in the off season through training camp it's only the top 51 but now it's 53. after that then every person that goes on injured reserve every injury replacement you have to sign and all 16 practice squad players remember it used to be eight a couple years ago now it's 16 so you need more money to do that so that's that's kind of a it's a big reason why you need a, a, a bigger amount of, of cap room and that's why they're going to mike evans to clear about eight million. Oh yeah and a lot of people i've seen on twitter a lot of people are like can't they go to somebody else mike evans is always doing this Trust me, guys. Mike doesn't care. He's getting that money up front. <laughs> I think he's going to be okay with it. And, you know, yeah. they've added two void years on there. So, essentially, Mike's not going anywhere. He's going to be on this team, you know, Correct. until he retires most likely. So, it's not going to affect it anyways. And all it does is just put more money in his pocket. But, yeah, yeah I mean, between signing practice squad players into reserve, you know, you still got to pay for Justin Watson on PUP. and. Right. You know, we and saw it last it's year. It's 17 weeks now. You know, it, yeah. it's an extra game where somebody could get injured, go on injured reserve. You got to bring somebody up. Ross Cockrell, perfect example. Yeah. You know, perfect example. A guy was brought in last year midseason and has now earned his spot as the fourth safety and fourth cornerback, I guess, yeah. if you want to say. Right. You know, so you never know what's going to happen midseason that you're going to need to sign somebody. Yeah. Um, Bill Byers, I'm more interested in potential trades and free agency pickups than practice squad guys and Super Bowl team. Okay, well, the problem is there's not going to be any free agency signings or trades because yeah. this team is already stacked. You've already seen the trades and the free agency pickups throughout the years leading to last year's Super Bowl team. Now, we talked about, about bringing a guy like Ross Cockrell midseason. They did trade for Steve McClendon last year. That was a great trade by Jason Light. Yeah. And we did talk earlier this week about um, Steve McClendon maybe not making the team. It looks like he is going to make the team. He's going to yeah. make the team. 
and he made the team over Jeremiah Ledbetter because of uh, I found out for a couple things. Number one, the versatility to play all three defensive line spots: defensive end, defensive tackle, and nose tackle. Jeremiah Ledbetter just couldn't get all three of those spots down. Number two, Ledbetter is more of a pass rusher than he is a run defender. McClendon is stout against the run, and this team wants to maintain that number one uh, run defensive ranking because that's what sets up their their third and long situations for the pass rush, JC. Correct. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it too, Steve McClendon, he showed a little bit of burst last year too getting out the passer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people, we, we talked about it at camp and, you know, Ledbetter changed his body and looked really good. But you have to be able to offer more than just one thing. Versatility is going to be key. And that's where you get what you get out of Steve McClendon. I was a little bit surprised. I thought because of they had guys on IR and, and such like that, that he might be released and then brought back is kind of one of those wink nod type deals. Yeah. But with the guys being on COVID, it, it made it really simple. So they didn't have to even release him. They could just uh, keep him on that initial 53. And now right. we'll see what moves they make. Um, you know, supposedly we're going to get Ryan Suckup back. Probably yeah. means Jose B. Borregales will get waived. Um, but they'll have to make two or three other moves if they bring Watford back on the 53 or unless they release him as well. I, so. I don't think they are. I don't, I don't think they're going to bring Watford back. Uh, I, I don't, I think, I don't that, think so either. Yeah. Um, when you look at the, at the practice squad, we'll go back to that just to kind of ramp this up. Uh, one of the of the guys that did make the team was Jeremiah Ledbetter. A little bit of a surprise in, in terms of the practice squad. But for the reasons I said, they, they liked – uh, Benning Potawai and Kobe Smith a little bit better against the run. And that's kind of what they're looking for, run, stuffing, defensive tackles. So that's that's kind of why those guys made it over Ledbetter. Now, the thing is, they tried to get Ledbetter back on the practice squad hard, and he wanted to go elsewhere. So I, right. I think sometimes that it's a two-way street, right? It's like he felt like he did enough to make the roster. Bucks wanted him back in the practice squad, and they just couldn't get it done. Uh, they yeah. wanted to go elsewhere, but they, they did try to get him back. But the guys they have now, they feel are pretty good run stuffers. Uh, we talked about um, Cody McElroy. They added another tight end, Deion Yelder, from the Chiefs. They also brought in Darwin Thompson from the Chiefs. Now, some of these moves, Darwin Thompson, Andrew Adams, they were not on the official release. The reason why is because they've not technically signed yet. Mm. They are they're in route to Tampa. Uh, along with Jaden Mickens, who went out of town. So Mickens, Thompson, and Adams were not on the press release, I think, along with Troy Warner, who we broke yeah. in on Peter Report's Twitter account. Those guys are not in town. They're flying into town. So once they sign, you'll see a press release announcing them. But we feel confident. Everybody on this list here, Ryan Griffin, Darwin Thompson, Jaden Mickens, Travis Johnson, Cyril Grayson, Cody McElroy, Deion Yelder, Brandon Walton, Jonathan Hubbard, a pair of offensive linemen they brought in late that they like, Benning Potawahi, Kobe Smith, Ladarius Hamilton, who had a sack in the, the Houston Texans preseason game. Herb Miller was in the practice squad last year, actually an interception when they brought him up for the Detroit game. Andrew Adams, a longtime veteran here in Tampa, and Troy Warner, who is also a safety. Those players uh, are on the practice squad. There's one spot left that will be for Jose uh, Borgales, the kicker. If he can clear the waiver wire process, if not, mm. they'll have to go out and get another kicker. 
Yeah, uh, they're definitely going to keep a kicker just because of COVID policies. It's a little bit different. Um, if you are vaccinated, you don't have to go through that five day window. So I, you know, but if you if your guy gets sick on a on a Saturday or on a Friday, you know, you're you're kind of put in a pickle. So I definitely think yeah. they'll bring a kicker in. Uh, Jose Borgales' name has been mentioned a lot. Uh, I know a lot of Detroit Lions fans were looking at him uh, because of the Lions don't have a kicker at all, do they? Don't they need a kicker? I think they I think they claim someone off from the Bengals off waivers, one of their okay. kickers. But um, yeah, I mean they got one guy. I'm sure they'd love more competition. But yeah, all the rest of the guys who weren't on the press release today, they'll be they'll be announced tomorrow. Uh, practices start back up tomorrow. The guys had four days off, so every yeah. you know they're getting ready, diving in for the Cowboys. So the new guys will get a crash course on the offense, on the defense, and the system, um, yeah. and they're gonna have to pick it up quick. Um, yeah. Thankfully for them, there won't be too much playbook learning it'll be more installing right. for games i mean if, if, if i'm i've seen a couple comments here from michael and bill if i'm being honest i didn't see anything out of chris wilcox in training wow. camp i really didn't i mean not even idea. a speed shined as as much as i thought yeah. it would yeah some guys are fast in the 40 but not on the field and i think that was the case with chris wilcox he was he got beat pretty regularly i mean right. he did have good size speed in terms of measurables but that's combine stuff on the field he did not stand out at all yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I didn't. He was getting beat regularly. His speed never showed up. You know, guy ran a four three seven. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Now, uh, Darwin Thompson's interesting guy. He's five foot eight, two hundred pounds, and he chose he chose the the Buccaneers over the Chiefs. And why wouldn't you? The Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so we we know who's on top, right? Yeah. But uh, but this is a guy that that. Uh, you know, I, I liked coming out of Utah State. I didn't really keep up with him a whole bunch from, you know, from where he landed, which was Kansas City. He was a six-round pick in 2019. But, you know, he averaged, I think, 3.4, 3.5 yards per carry out there in limited duty. I mean, he's not the number one guy by any means. But he did star as a, as a receiving back out of the backfield, like a third down back. He's got some good quickness. He's an interesting addition, J.C., yeah, I mean the guy can play special teams as well. Is what you want? I think I think uh, he played a little bit over thirty three percent of the snaps on special teams last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. He can he can receive. He can run. Um, he's a young guy. That's that's exactly what you want on your practice squad as a young guy to kind of develop, uh, especially with the veterans in this in this offense already with a Geo and a Lenny and a Rojo. Um, Hopefully he can rub off on Keyshawn Vaughn a little bit or maybe even take yeah. a spot. The thing I find interesting too for Darwin is if the Buccaneers, you know, and we're going to say if, if they make the Super Bowl, he'll have been in the last three Super Bowls, two of the Chiefs, That's one true. a ring, and then another <laughs> one with the Bucs this year. So he knows what's going on. He probably looked at the AFC and was like, oh, the, the you know, the Bronc, uh, the Bills and the Browns look pretty good. Well, you know, yeah. the Bucs are pretty much alone with a, well, let's, let's go over there. <laughs> so yeah. plus it's just a bigger opportunity for him. I mean, if you look at it, um, the Bucks have four running backs on the active 53 roster. Three of those are free agents next year. So if he shows right. out, you know, that's a possibility that he could come back and be part of that, you know, rotation in the running back group next year. Yeah. Now, I think that sometimes is the pitch when when the personnel department's reaching out to these guys and their agents. It's, it's hey, not just this year. Don't look at this year's roster. Look at yeah. it next year. We got three running backs, Ronald Jones. We got Leonard Fournette. We got Giovanni Bernard all in – in essentially contract years they're, mm. they're signed through this year only and uh, you know you would guess that yeah. one maybe two won't be back next year we'll see how this year yeah. plays out i mean who knows what's going to happen but but um 
and Keyshawn Vaughn might not be back next year either. You know, they, they might take another look at him. And if he doesn't show anything better than he did this preseason, they could be looking to overhaul the running back room. So maybe that's a, a reason why someone like Darwin Thompson wants to come to Tampa. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, too. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Who could be resigned? Who who could be let go? If they draft a guy, find someone in free agency. But at least you're putting a good foot in the organization, a good, you know, hopefully good tape out there as well. Yeah. And they can use you in some aspect. The more you can do, the more you can show, the better your chances of sticking on a roster, as we know. Yeah, I did. If we're being perfectly honest, I, Dion Yelder, he went to uh, Western Kentucky. I did not scout him coming out of college. I did not watch him at all. I yeah. know nothing about him other than he had a couple of catches in Kansas City. That's that's really it. He he really only played one year. He played three years at Western Kentucky, but only really saw the field his last year there. And average, I think, 13 yards per catch, seven touchdowns. But, I mean, the competition is what it is. So jury's completely out on, on him. I, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, it, it appears to me like he is, based on his size, 6'4", 255, a guy that can do both blocking and catching. I mean, that seems to be the prerequisite for what they want. Hence Tanner Hudson not being here. So I think that's the case with, with Dilder. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry, I, with the elder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever the guys say, we'll, we'll learn a lot about him soon here, but yeah. um, you know, same here. I, I didn't do much research or scouting on the guy. Uh, you know, I did see a couple of clips of him catching a nice couple, you know, crossing routes. Right. Um, haven't heard a lot about blocking kind of putting my ear to the ground. I knew some people who, mm-hmm. Who covered the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm sure John and Scott are doing the same thing, and you know, hopefully, we'll have a little bit more to talk about, yeah. more to tell you as soon as we find out. But with these sure. signings coming so quick, yeah. it's you know, we'll get some not, more information. I'm not sure where Ledbetter went, but apparently, he he did sign today with another team's practice squad. So keep an eye out for that. The Bucks want oh. him back, just didn't happen. So yeah, it happens often. Yeah. So wait, um, will Anthony Adams be on the active roster grade pickup? The interesting thing is you would think, right, given his veteran status, that he would, you know, come back and make the team. But it all depends on special teams. If you're that last safety on the roster, you better play special teams. And right now, and what I mean right now, I mean Wednesday, Chris Cooper's the guy they like in that position. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have cut Chris Cooper and put him on the practice squad and signed Andrew Adams. Now that's not to say that can't or won't happen at some point but as it stands right now that's the spot and chris cooper to his credit did really well in special teams from that goalie play (laughs) oh yeah yeah well it wasn't just that it was it was him being a big time contributor all throughout camp on special teams and and uh that's you know that that's what gave him the nod over someone like javon hagan and and um you know a little bit of a surprise there like like led better that he wasn't back but mm. you know they're they're moving on exactly they got a roster to build they got a, a cowboys team to prepare for and it's all hands on deck now yeah uh scott do you have any views on who was number 54 on the roster who would have been the next up on the team i don't know um it, that's tough to say because i mean ryan griffin is a guy that if something happens to any quarterback he'll be signed immediately he's the most veteran guy on their practice squad um, I don't know. It, that's that's really hard to say. I would say number fifty-three though is either probably Chris Cooper or Grant Stewart. But from all indications, from what I've heard today from sources, Grant Stewart is making the fifty-three. So barring any any injury or anything like that, they're keeping both Stewart and KJ Britt. So that's yeah, a special that, teams move, I suppose. 
Yeah, and, and you know, one thing that they wanted to do was keep five linebackers, uh, ten linebackers on the team, whether it be inside or outside. And it kind of makes you wonder about Cam Gill. Is he going to be ready to go starting week one? Will yeah. he be placed on the IR? We haven't I seen him move yet. I think he will, and I think John Mulchin will be he'll yeah. be placed on injured reserve. That's that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I agree too. Just you know, the moves haven't came out yet. So whether you know whether what happens and they come back in in three weeks and there's your ten linebackers, you know. So yeah, uh, first was a line. <laughs> Greg DeCruz, this is by far the best roster I've ever seen as a Bucks fan. This is the best roster I've ever seen covering the Buccaneers in my 26 years. This roster this year blows any roster away that I've seen. And that includes 2002 and 2003. We can debate the starters position by position, 2002, 2020. Okay. I, I get that, right? That would be a hell of a game too, right? Depending on the rules that you use. If you allow John Lynch to be the safety he was in 2002, or do you handicap him by putting him in the current rules where, you know, if you sneeze on a re receiver or, or two-hand touch him, it, you're going to get a, a personal foul, right? <laughs> so um, that would be interesting to see, that that game. But from a depth standpoint, mm -hmm. in 2002-2003, it does not hold a candle at all to the, the roster that Jason Light, John Spitek, Mike Greenberg, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, all these guys put together because this roster is by far the deepest. And you saw the depth come into play last year with guys like Leonard Fournette and Aaron Stinney and Ross Cockrell uh, coming in. They signed a AQ Shipley for you know a game or two. Um, they did a fantastic job trading for Steve McClendon in season, and that depth carried this team to 11-5. and five. They won the Super Bowl, including eight straight, and I think it's going to serve them exceptionally well this year should any injuries, and of course there's going to be some, but should injuries happen. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I think you look at this roster up and down, there's not really a guy that you're worried about that would have to come in and play for a stretch of games. Uh, maybe inside linebacker still kind of a question mark with K.J. Britton, Grant Stewart, fourth safety. Uh, is Ross Cockrell, you know, capable of doing it in a game? He did it all practice and all, all training camp long. But other than that, I mean, you look at your outside linebacker depth, your defensive line depth. You know, pretty much your offensive, especially interior offensive line depth, your wide receiver depth, running back depth, quarterback depth. I mean, you're you're really in a good position all over yeah. all over the field. Exactly. Well, I think it's time since you know since we we've got some discussion here about one of my favorite players, uh, Michael Anderson says we don't have a sap, but we have what we have are, are better than than Culpepper, whoever else was was on his shoulder. That that's true, right? In terms, of, there was some star power there with that 2002 unit with Warren Sapp uh, and company, Simeon Rice, of course. But they also had a couple of, you know, B and C players. I think there's more A players across the board. And and before we get into our, our discussion about the Peter Pro Bowlers as we see them, because, JC, there's going to be more than one Pro Bowler this year from Tampa Bay. I think we both agree with that. We Our, our lists differ a little bit. <laughs> but where's another great place to go if you want to have any type of sports discussion? Yeah, if you're looking to have sports discussion right now, you guys need to download the Green Room app by Spotify. It's a great place to go to talk live sports with fans all over the world. You want to do a watch party with some games and talk sports while they're happening. You want to discuss draft, preseason, training camp, fantasy leagues, all of that stuff, music, movies, culture. 
Uh, they do all sorts of different drafts for like, you know, best car draft, best movie draft. And you make a list and you compare with other people. You have people vote on it. They do all sorts of things on there. It's a great place to go, to go have conversations, re real time audio conversations with fans of whatever the subject is all around the world. Great discussions. Uh, we do awesome Buccaneers rooms. We're going to start those back up here now that we're Bradley Pinion days away from, from the first game. Right. So we'll get, we'll get a, a pre, um, we'll get. Next week, we'll get a game uh, game day preview going on there. So it'll be me, John, maybe Matt will pop in. We'll we'll get it going, and uh, we'll talk to you guys, take all your questions. Have you joined the discussion? You guys can come in, talk to us, audio to audio. It's how we found some great people at Pewter Report, um, Jack Barrett and Haas Juke. Um, Paul Atwell, you know, having great discussions with them. So definitely check out Spotify Greenroom. Download it now at your Apple or Google Play Store. And Go follow Peter Report, and whenever we go live, you'll get a little notification, and we'll talk to you there. Outstanding. What else is outstanding is is the is uh, Bowl Champs thirty seven points out. The two thousand two Bucks defense is still the best analytics wise. You're not going to get any argument from me. I'm I'm very partial to that <laughs> that unit. Um, two thousand two had three Hall of Famers and Rondé's chances getting better every year. You could also put Simeon Rice in the mix there. Four Hall of Famers Should and one be. defense. Is legendary, in my opinion, says Long Lost Leisure. I agree. The, the The problem when you compare the 2002 Super Bowl team to this year's Super Bowl team, the Super Bowl uh, uh, winners, Super Bowl 55, is that Tom Brady's not in there yet, but he's going to be. Rob Gronkowski's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he's going to be, right? I mean, all of the Mike players Evans. on this team – Mike Evans, who knows, David. yeah, who knows what uh, what Devin White will become, right? Who knows what Tristan works? It, yeah, Vita Vea, Tristan works exactly. We just don't know how many of these guys are on this current team are going to be Hall of Famers, right? I mean, you can probably say Brady's a lock, right? <laughs> That's a given. Gronkowski's a lock. There's two, but there's going to be more. I think Mike Evans is also pretty close to a lock. So there's three. It just it's just we have to wait a little bit before we can kind of start throwing mm. up yellow jacket versus yellow jacket. Yeah, right now the 2002 unit certainly has <laughs> has uh, the advantage, but they have time on their side, right? So exactly. these current Buccaneers are still playing. So having said that, uh, what kind of prompted this discussion today was, you know, JC, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm like, gosh, this is crazy. The, the Buccaneers had one pro bowler. That was Jason Pierre-Paul last year. Christ. on a Super Bowl team. So when was the last time that happened? Okay. So the, I, I did a little research for this. I'm going to be writing about this in my Fab Five too, but you guys get it a little early here. Sneak peek. So, you know, in Super Bowl, uh, the, the 2007 Super Bowl, that's the Super Bowl that Tom Brady would love to forget. That's when the upstart New York Giants beat Brady and the Patriots and ended their, their perfect season. Which was what nineteen and zero at the time? Uh, eighteen and zero. Eighteen and zero. Okay. Because I'll yeah, never get that song. Eighteen and zero. One more to go. Yeah. Super Bowl. I'll never get that song out of my head. It haunts me till this day. <laughs> yeah, you lived up in Boston during those times. So, yeah. the interesting thing about that two thousand seven Giants team is the Buccaneers won the NFC South, hosted the Giants that year, got up early on the Giants seven nothing thanks to an Ernest Graham touchdown. Then it was all Giants after that. The Giants went on to win the Super Bowl that year by going on the road as a wildcard team and running the gambit. Well, 
the Buccaneers did that last year as a wild card team, going on the road for every game and, and winning, except for the home game, Super Bowl, yeah. right? So that's the last time that a Super Bowl champion has had one Pro Bowler. That Pro Bowler that year was O.C. Yominura. I love O.C. Yeah. So now the interesting thing is we go from one spectrum, which is the one Pro Bowl player on a Super Bowl champion, O.C. Yominura, 2007 Giants, Jason Pierre-Paul, former Giant, with the 2020 Buccaneers, the team that had the most Pro Bowlers, on, on any uh, Super Bowl winning team since the Bucks won their Super Bowl in 2002 was the 2002 Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Oh, seven wow. Pro Bowlers. Seven. Brad Johnson, Mike Allstott, Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, linebackers Derek Brooks, who was your NFL Defensive Player of the Year that year, Sheldon Quarles, and John Lynch. Oh, so wow. they had seven Pro Bowlers that year. So let's let's take a look at your list first here, JC. Let's do and it. Let, let's see how many how many Pro Bowlers you have with um, with the, the Buccaneers this year. Uh, let's count that. I count seven. Seven. I got seven for you, JC. That's pretty good. Let's start at the top, shall we? Uh, this this Tom Brady guy. You think that he has what it takes to be a a Pro Bowler this year? I'm not sure. I mean, after last year's performance and after last year's, you know, vote, whoever was doing the voting, I don't know what they were on, but I mean, I think you should have been one last year. But yeah, yeah, I think I think Brady, you know, we're we're talking about a Bucks offense now that is not learning each other, that's not coming in and, you know, figuring out where the receivers and what the quarterback likes, you know, out of each other. And they're just going to come out firing on all four cylinders. We saw it in that second and third drive of the preseason, the final preseason game. And I think it's going to be much like that throughout the season. I got Tom Brady getting up to like, I think he's going to score 50 touchdowns this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I do too. I think Brady, I think 50 is the number for him. Believe it or not. And you just mentioned a great fact that they didn't have any off season chemistry outside of working at, uh, at Berkeley prep. They had a truncated training camp. They didn't have any preseason games. Their first time that Tristan Wirfs, who's also on your list, we'll get to him in a second, puts on a Buccaneer uniform is to go against Cam Jordan and the Saints in week one. They weren't ready. They lost, and that's to be expected. But Kyler Murray made the Pro Bowl over Tom Brady <laughs> that year, and I agree with Big MGM. That made no sense. You know why he made the Pro Bowl? He had a, a ESPN highlight reel Hail Mary. That's why he made it. Yeah. Exactly. But you're, talking, you're talking about a team that didn't even make, didn't even make the, the playoffs in the Cardinals. So I, I thought that was that was very disrespectful. I think that that um, everything's going to be right with the world this year, and Brady will be back in the Pro Bowl. And like you, I think he will throw for 50 touchdowns. Now he counted for 43 last year, three rushing with the quarterback sneak, and and then 40 passing touchdowns. Mm. But the interesting thing, JC, is the most touchdowns Brady's ever thrown for was 50. And I believe it was in 2007, that undefeated season. Yep. Randy, Randy Moss was on that team. 23. Yeah. So here you've got in 40 touchdowns last year. That was the second most touchdowns Brady's ever thrown. <laughs> crazy. That was in his first year in this offense. So what's he going to do for an encore, JC? I think 50. I'm, I'm right there with you. And everyone says that, you know, your second year in Bruce Aaron's offense is better. And, I mean, you look at the – he's got a full year of A.B. too, which was a hard person to leave off this list. Right. Um, and I wanted to add more, but I didn't want to be too overzealous, you know. So, like, 
I think Mike Evans is going to get on this list. Um, he's obviously one of the top 10 wide receivers, but you start looking at some of the receivers around the NFC and they only pick like four or five guys. Right. So yeah. you, you don't want to, I, I didn't, you know, I think Godwin is going to have the most catches on this team. I think Evans will have the most yards. I think AB will have the most touchdowns and the most first down conversions for the team. But I, I just think if I'm going to pick one of those guys, it's going to be Evans. And, yeah. Someone mentioned Jensen too. I had Jensen on my initial my initial list had ten players on it. I'm like, well, I gotta I gotta take I gotta take a few off. I gotta take a few off. What did JC? Let me stop you right there. It sounds like you're being a little overzealous, right? With ten, but in reality, the seven Pro Bowlers in 2002 was not the most Pro Bowlers in Bucks history in a single year. Really? You believe that they actually had eight Pro Bowlers in 2000. <laughs> Mike Allstott and Warwick Dunn as well as Randall McDaniel. Now that was kind of a kind of like it, like an emeritus vote right there from McDaniel. That was a reputation vote more than actual like dominant guard role. Cause he was in the twilight of his career, but those three Buccaneers were, were there in the offense. He had the the WD 40 backfield that it was called back then, back in the days. Then on defense, of course, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Donnie Abraham that year led the bucks in interceptions. Also had two pick sixes that year, I believe. And Martin Gramatica, that was his lone Pro Bowl season as the Bucks kicker. So Abraham and Gramatica each had one Pro Bowl with Tampa Bay. It was that year. So they had a total of eight Pro Bowlers that year. That was the most in team history. So you're, you're saying 10, you might not be far off, especially with with this star-studded Buccaneer team going for a repeat. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only guy on offense that I had that's not on there was – Ryan Jensen. I think Ali Marpet was on his way to an all pro season last year um, before he he missed those games with a concussion. Tristan Wirth should have been a pro bowler, should have been an all pro if you ask me, second team yeah. at least. Ali Marpet was second team all pro. Um, so he, he got that nod, uh, but wasn't first team, but I think he would have. But Ryan Jensen, I, I, I mean, he's one of the best centers, regardless of what PFF says, he's one of the best centers in the league. And the yeah. guy just consistently goes out. I mean, the first play, the first time he was out there in preseason, he was already out there, you know, pulling and hitting people. So I right. just love his game. I love the way he plays the game. So those would be my guys. I think Rojo's going to have a great season. But when I look at the running backs in the NFC, I think it's going to be really hard for him to make it over guys like Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, yeah. uh, Kamara, McCaffrey. So I, I left him off the list for that reason, much like I left the other wide receivers off that list. Brock yeah. has a good shot at tight end, too. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, he doesn't have a good shot, but I think O.J. Howard is, you know, is going to eat into some of his catches and targets. And, uh, well, we'll see. He's got to catch the ball first to get those opportunities. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so we'll yeah you're right. Now, um, you're right. Greg DeCruz points out, having so many primetime games will help when it comes to the Pro Bowl. That's exactly yeah. right. And to be fair, because I'm not trying to be a Brady ass kiss on this show, but if you do look at – the primetime games and the Buccaneers keep in mind, they were, they, even though they had Brady and Gronkowski and they, they got, you know, five primetime games, they were still kind of slept on a little bit by, by the national media. I think there was still a lot of hype about the Rams. There was still hype about the saints with Drew Brees, his final season. So I think the Buccaneers really enter this year and, and also green Bay, right. With Aaron Rodgers. And when you look at, the, at what the Bucks did in preseason, right, that Chicago Bears game, that was a horrible game for Brady, right? That was the whole, Four. was the whole fourth down thing, right? So that's that was part of the problem, I think, was was for these guys, the Buccaneer players, you know, Brady's doing the four, right? I mean, on fourth down, 
he didn't play well in that game. He did not play well through three interceptions against the Saints in a 38-3 shellacking. And so I believe in even the Giants game, that was a closer game on Monday night than people expected. The Bucs kind of played down to the level of competition. Yeah. I think that how they played in the preseason, or I should say the primetime games, influenced the Bucs maybe not making the Pro Bowl for a lot of those players, right? Because they didn't show up and show out in those primetime games. Exactly. And that was their Achilles heel last year was the primetime games until it mattered. The playoffs in the Super Bowl. Right. That's when they turned it on. And, you know, uh, you know, Thomas talked about it. Bruce has talked about it. You know, this offseason wanted to, you know, do better once the lights come on uh, yeah. in the primetime games. You know, someone someone in the comments said uh, it was Bucks times 12 who appreciate him. He's a huge supporter. Uh, so I really appreciate him. But um, Pro Bowl so meaningless. Anyways, I agree. It is. It I is. agree. But. The thing that is difficult about it. It's a, it's a badge of honor, though, for the, the franchise. When it comes for, to Hall of Fame, too. some For yeah, some reason, is. these Hall of Famers are still using Pro Bowls as, sure. as a way to tally. You know, else, you know, who? You know who else uses uh, the Pro Bowls? The agents, man. Yeah, like oh, a yes, lot of these the guys have well. they, they have Pro Bowl incentives, right? You yeah. make an extra 250 grand or whatever. So, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's why it's important. It's important for ego, for prestige. But, but he's right. At the same time, there, there's just there, there's not a lot that goes into the Pro Bowl selection process. It's one of the that makes it like really legitimate. One of the most unwatchable games that they have all year. Yeah. But. So let's finish your list here. So you got Evans on there. That's understandable. He'll get another yeah. thousand yards unless he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, Marpet finally gets in on your card, and with uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, I agree. He's one of the best you know, right tackles in the game, if not yep. the best offensive tackles in the game. Correct. Yeah, so shifting over to the defensive side, I got Vita Vea. I just think, you know, we saw his impact that he that he provided last year um, and how he, you know, provides as a rusher too, not just as a guy who's a big body to stuff the run. So I think he's going to have uh, a lot more opportunities to get after the quarterback. Um, and I just – I see him getting noticed. So this is a year for Vita Vea that he can solidify himself as probably the second or third best defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald and a few other players. I just think it's, this is a year that it's all going to come together for him um, in order to get there. He's going to get a lot of opportunities on, you know, on the primetime stage. I think the Bucks yeah. only have two one o'clock games. So if they're not primetime eight o'clock, they're at four o'clock and all eyes are on you there too. So He's got an excellent opportunity to go out there and show that, hey, I am one of the best tackles in the, in the game. I think Vita's got a couple things going for him. And I appreciate the the comment question here by Long Lost Lazier. Can Vea put up the necessary stats? Only three defensive tackles, and Aaron Donald's one of them. That's for sure. Grady Jarrett, Fletcher Cox made it last year. Hard to see Vea getting the Pro Bowl mm. not. I understand that from a sack perspective. But with more and more NFL teams – going to the quick passing game, it really takes away the opportunities to get sacks for those interior defensive linemen. I mean, I remember when Warren Sapp had, what, 16 and a half sacks, <laughs> you know, his season when he, when he got the record. And I think Leroy Lover for the Saints had 17 sacks that year or 17 and a half, something like that. It was a ridiculous amount of sacks. And that's just because back in the day, you had more five and seven step drops for quarterbacks. And you did not have as much shotgun. And you did not have as many three-step drops. It's not even three-step drops now, JC. It's it's a full-on, you know, oh, yeah. snap the ball one step, smoke route down, 
the line of scrimmage yeah. to wide receiver screens. And so there's just not as many uh, opportunities, I think, with the quick passing game that we've yeah. seen the league go to. The Rams use it almost exclusively. You're going to see that in Cincinnati, right? You're going to see that in Houston, what it looks like. Uh, I should say that the Titans offense will, will run the, the quick game a lot. Mm. So I, I think that Bay has got a, a shot especially if he gets a couple of those sacks. And I think magic number for him is like six. Maybe he he gets six sacks with their type of role that he plays. There might be enough pub. He's a former first round pick. He's a household name. He's got a cool name, Vita Vea. I mean, uh, to me, I I could see that, that type of, of uh, groundswell support in the media Mm. that might push him over the top. Yeah. One thing that works against him his name starts with a V. So for the casual people who are just going in the in the fan voting, they're That's not going to vote for him. You know, it's going to take a, a good push by the Bucks That's Nation to really he's search down, him on there. He's down uh, the list. I didn't think about that. That's good insight. I appreciate that. That is that is only the one third of the voting, and it comes down to yeah. coaches and players for the other one, which is why I have Devin White on here over Levante David. I don't think both yeah. linebackers get in, but Devin White, uh, we've already seen plays, the, man. Splash plays, and we've seen the rankings come out from the players in the top 100. He's at, he was at 28, a full almost 20 spots ahead of Levante David. And then in yeah. the ESPN GM rankings that came out that uh, John broke down and wrote wonderful, go back and check those out, those articles. He yeah. was the top-rated inside linebacker in the game for them. So those other two-thirds, I think, will will help his, his nod to get in there over Levante David. Although Levante could find himself in there as, you know uh, – I mean, hopefully none of these guys are playing in the Pro Bowl anyways, but, right. you know, so it, it's going to be hard for any Bucks to be alternates if they don't make it on the initial try. Um, I did have – so I know someone mentioned Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis and Shaq Barrett were yeah. in my uh, initial – those are the other two guys I had to make up 10. Um, I think Carlton Davis is going to get a lot more recognition this year. The guy – he can be a true lockdown cornerback. We've seen what he can do against some amazing competition, Hopkins, Julio, Devontae Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill. I think it's just being able to turn <laughs> – the guy leads the league since 2019 in pass defense and, and pass breakups. He yeah. needs to start converting more of those interceptions. He had five last year. If he can turn that into ten, I think he'll get on right. people – or even seven, I think he'll yeah. get on the radar more. I, and then, I, think, I think seven would do it for sure. He just yeah. – he, he, He's still a guy that even even though he had four intercept four interceptions last year, he'll he'll drop a lot, right? He'll, yeah. he'll break up the pass. He'll like 19, 20 pass breakups a year, but four or five of those really should have been more interceptions, right? So that's the thing. Yeah. Charlie uh, Abrams brings up a good point. Devin White has his 120 tackles, nine to ten sacks, and four to five picks. He's all pro. That's yeah. the thing about about Devin White that he can do that I think really. Uh, bodes well for him you know is 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 with with Devin White you're getting a guy that can make the tackles that can blitz we saw him have nine sacks last year I mean JC there's a chance if he doesn't miss the last game with COVID he not Jason Pierre-Paul is the leading sacker for this team last year Mm. and then he showed he could intercept the ball in the postseason he had two picks in the last three games the game against the Saints had a clutch pick in that one and then the interception to seal the Bucks semi shutout. I call it that because you know they only kicked field goals. They didn't get in the end zone <laughs> yeah. in the Super Bowl, right? But I mean, th- this Two is a guy that, too. Yeah, he checks a lot of boxes in the stat sheet, doesn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, 
coming to tackles to sacks to fumble recoveries to interceptions i mean he's gonna make plays all over the all and it's not just the plays too that you know accumulate in stats it's the it's just watching him roam from he's a true sideline to sideline linebacker it's It's just timeliness for the plays too yes it's coming up big in the the clutch times I'll never forget watching those those NFL films documentaries about the season and him saying, "I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get one right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the yeah. nail in the coffin." And bada bing, bada boom. He, he gets it, shot. You know? No um, doubt about it. Yeah. So, and then Antoine Winfield was the last on my list too. Yeah. Um, I expect a really big year from him. Uh, him and Todd Bowles have both spoken about knowing the offense better and kind of missing opportunities last year to be more of a playmaker. Uh, and now having that comfortability again, the same question I asked almost all the cornerbacks last year going into the season was how comfortable are you? And it's been a resounding, we're a lot more comfortable. You didn't see it in, in interceptions until, you know, kind of later in the season. But I think we're going to see that out of Antoine Winfield right out of the gate, his versatility, his speed, his smart smarts, his instincts, his it's in his bloodlines. You know? So yeah, really I, I, I think we'll see a great season from him robbed out of the defensive rookie in the year last year, in my opinion, but um, yeah. I think he's going to be a great, great, great player for this team for a long time. I think so. Really, I think back there playing free safety, you know, he's like that insurance policy for the Bucks secondary. You know, and if you need an insurance policy, you can call Antoine Winfield if you have his number. But I'm not sure he can help you as much as Briar Greaves' insurance can. And I'm going to give you Briar Greaves' insurance number in just a minute. I don't know if you notice outside. It's pouring down rain. No, there's not a hurricane, but who's not to, to say that there's not going to be one like uh, in, a, in a week or two. We're right in the middle of hurricane season here in the state of Florida, and we just saw one rip right through New Orleans. The Buccaneers, um, you know, thankfully um, don't have to play New Orleans in week one, but a couple of years ago, I think uh, there was a hurricane that, that caused the Buccaneers to have to use a bye week in week one. So it's just one of those things that uh, – that happens during hurricane season. And the thing that has to happen in hurricane season is you calling Briar Greaves and letting him check your policy to make sure that you're adequately covered and make sure that you're not spending too much money at the same time. It's a delicate balance, but that's what the folks at Briar Greaves Insurance did for me. Let them do it for you. Whether it's homeowner's insurance, whether it's commercial property insurance, whether it's life insurance, automobile insurance, boater insurance, apartment insurance, there's one place to turn, and that's Briar Greaves. Check him out at briargreavesinsurance.com or give him a call at 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166. You've heard me say it before. Briar and Sam are huge Bucks fans. So you're going to get them on the phone rather than some auto bot or some person in some call center. You're actually talking to the people who are going to insure you. And that hometown service has kept them in business for decades here in the Tampa Bay area. So do like I did. Give Briar Greaves Insurance your business, briargreavesinsurance.com. Give them a call at 813-876-4166. Getting a lot of love for those for that segue, Scott. That was tremendously done. I'll give you some love uh, there, too. I appreciate that. I'm I'm uh I'm channeling my inner Mark Cook because he was the he was the the legend uh, of segues. So uh, I don't have a segue for this. I'm just going to come out and say it. Here's my list for <laughs> for the, my my pewter pro bowlers. All right, so I'm excited for this. Uh, so um, I've got the same number of guys that you have, JC. I have seven. So great minds think alike, right there. And we won't spend a whole bunch of time on this list because it really kind of mirrored yours. 
And I didn't, I had my list before you texted me yours, so we're not copying off each other here. This, these are two completely independent lists. But uh, Tom Brady, for the reasons that we both mentioned, right? I mean, I th we think he's going to be in for a big season, 50 touchdowns or more. I could see it. I think that he is going to be in the running for not just the Pro Bowl, but I think he's going to be in the running at age 44 for the NFL MVP. Whether he gets or not, we'll see. Agree. But uh, I think that he would rather have another Super Bowl MVP yes. <laughs> right, than another uh, NFL MVP. That's just uh, where he's at right now. But the one thing about Brady – Think about this. This is a guy that's still looking for boxes to check, JC. And the one thing he has yet to do is win the NFC South. Yeah, right? that is true. I, mean, I think he wants the motivation for that. So especially after getting swept by the Saints last year during the regular season. So oh. the Bucks put the Saints on notice, and I think there's a changing of the guard there. Yeah, and they talked so, about that in the latest episode of The Current, too. You know, our, our, our first goal is to win the NFC South, Um which I thought was interesting, yeah. you know. I mean, it's something that they didn't do, and it's on their mind. Hey, we got to win this right. division first. Well, you know why? Because they're, you know, they're they're one and zero at home in the postseason with Brady, uh, in in the, in the postseason, right? Yeah. I mean, they won the Super Bowl last year, so they want to get more playoff games at home, and that starts by getting that home field advantage. Winning your division exactly. is key. So you had um, a tremendous wide receiver. On your list, you had this guy right here, Mike Evans. Now, I it was tough because I was going to put a wide receiver in there. And I even thought about Antonio Brown for a minute. But I remembered in 2019, which was the first year that Chris Godwin was in Bruce Arians' offense, Godwin was actually the guy that had more catches, more yards, more touchdowns than Mike Evans that season. They both made the Pro Bowl. They both went over 1,000 yards. But – Godwin was the guy because of, of the slot receiver role that he plays. It just, he gets more action. And, yeah. and I, I think that if he's healthy and injuries kind of derailed him last year, if he's healthy, then I, I think that this year he is going to be the pro bowl receiver for the bucks. I think Evans still gets a thousand yards, but like last year, Evans got a thousand yards, didn't make the pro bowl, but I, I still think both those guys hit a thousand, but Godwin gets it in a, in a contract year. He's the franchise player. Yeah. He gets it in a contract year. So that is one difference between your list and mine. Yeah, it's just more name recognition for me. I think Godwin's going to have the better year, to be honest yeah. with you, as, 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 you know, for the reasons you just said. It was just, you know, I think Evans' name recognition, casual fans. Yeah. going to click the box of Mike Evans. E comes before G anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then, then you look at, at Marpet and Werfs for the exact same reasons you mentioned. It's time. It's time for Ali Marpet to get the recognition he deserves. Okay, yes. so I, I put Ali in there, and um, – I think that he's he's going to have a really good season again. It's just about staying healthy. That's the biggest thing. But yeah. but uh, I'm I'm going to go with with the left guard and the right tackle. So I think both those guys end up making it. I just think the world of Tristan Wirfs. I, I was fortunate enough when I started covering the Bucks in 1995 to still see the legendary great Paul Gruber play for the Buccaneers, and he has been by far the best offensive lineman in team history. I think Tony Mayberry, three-time Pro Bowl center, is probably second on the list. But this kid right here, the trajectory that he's on, right? I mean, you're talking about a multiple-year Pro Bowler, all-pro candidate. Uh, I think this kid's an absolute stud. When it's all said and done, he could very well be the best offensive lineman in Bucks history. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves after one year, but I'm just telling you, the way this kid plays, the trajectory he's on, he has a chance to be dominant for a long time. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he could be not just the best offensive lineman in Bucks history. He could be one of the best linemen in NFL history and yeah. certainly a Hall of Famer. I've never seen a rookie come and do what he did against some of the best pass rushes. Yeah. His biggest mistake was against Cleo Mack. Like, oh, come oh, on. Sorry. Sorry you <laughs> gave up a sack to an all-pro, you know, right? I mean. <laughs> arguably the best pass rusher in the league, right. you know. He's certainly yeah. the highest paid pass rusher in the league. So, yeah, it's so. – uh, Looking forward um, to that rematch for sure. Oh, that would be great. I, and trust me, Tristan's looking forward to it as well. Uh, so we got Vita Vea and, and Devin White on there for the reasons that you talked about. I agree with you. I think Vita Vea is going to get that pub on the national television stage where you might see a sack from, from Shaq. You might see a sack from JPP, but the, the color commentator, the analyst, they're going to correctly say, yeah, but look at this push by Vita Vea here, right? He, Forces the quarterback right into Shaq, right into JPP, right into Joe Tryon, maybe. So I think that Sha- that uh, Vita Bay is going to get some pub, some recognition, and I think he makes a Pro Bowl this year. Same with Devin White, the splashier, splashier linebacker now. Uh, Levante, I love the guy, but at age 31, it's Devin White's time to shine, and mm. he's the guy that's making the splashier plays right now. And that's what that's what gets you in the Pro Bowl. I mean. If you're looking for just a tackling machine, a steady, you know, playmaker, that's that's Levante. That's always been Levante. But White can do more from a blitz coverage tackle standpoint at this stage of his game because he's younger and faster. And it's just he's vocal too. You know, he's a vocal yeah. guy. It's something that Levante's never really been. Correct. So he's gonna get the sound bites out there. He's gonna get the clips. Yep. He's gonna go the on notoriety. good morning football and do all those great yes. give you some great clips and great quotes out there. So I mean, yeah, he's gonna yep. I, I agree with you hundred percent. So I, I have I don't have Winfield making it, but I got Shaq Barrett making it. Now, my rationale is two years ago Shaq made it. Last year Jason Pierre Paul made it. So the Pro Bowl voters, they like having a Buccaneer pass rusher in there. But my edge guy this year could go back to Barrett. I think he beats I think he beats JPP out by by a sack. Maybe like 13 and a half to, to 12 and a half, or 13 to 12, something like that. I think it's a race all year. I think Shaq ends up winning. And uh I, I believe that that um I I I think he's gonna live up to the contract. I think that he is really gonna live up to the $17 million per year price tag. And I, I liked what I saw from him chasing Tyrod Taylor around. It reminded me of what he was doing to Patrick Mahomes yes. in in the Super Bowl. So I think the Shaq is ready to, to pick up where he left off from that Super Bowl game and, and really have an, another good season, even a, a better season than he had last year when he had eight sacks last year. It- yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. He was the last guy I deleted off my list um, before I sent it to you. I was like, ah, do I want to have four and four? I mean, it kind of looks too uniform, you know, so I, I took him off. But I, I really do think he's capable of having another Pro Bowl, you know, all pro year. I'm not saying 19 and a half sacks, but the guy, right. he had eight sacks last year, but he still led the NFL in pressures and quarterback hurries. Sure. So, you know, and, and he it's saw – with- He had four in the postseason, three at Green Bay. Yep. And then the one in the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. it is Michael, and um, you know, Michael Henderson points out he, he was he was a little quiet in the preseason, but keep in mind he only played six snaps in the first game. And in the second game against the uh the Texans, the second game he played in third preseason game overall, I thought he played quite well. Yeah, yeah. he was was really uh disruptive and getting after Tyrod Taylor. One thing I love about Shaq too is he's his biggest biggest critic. I mean, if you listen to some of the some of his sound bites when he's talking about that Chiefs game, you know, he was mad at himself for not 
wrapping up and not getting there and not making the plays that he knew he could make. So, you know, right. going from 19 and a half to eight sacks is, is kind of humbling. Now they still got rewarded for it, obviously. And I think, as you said, he wants to show that, you know, he's worth the contract. He's worth the money. He's, he's not an Albert Hainsworth guy. He's not, he's not saying, all right, pay me. I got paid and now I'm just going to yeah. do, he's going to go out there and give, give your all every time. And it's going to be tough to get him off the field to get a guy. Like I've seen the comments blow up, but try on making the pro bowl is probably not going to happen. Not with yet. JTS. Not yet. But yeah. I mean, maybe in the future, but you know, I just think that he is going to have a heck of a season. If Vita Vea is healthy, I think yeah. that's going to be huge for him. And I'm not saying his game relies on Vita Vea. It just right. helps him so much more because you got another guy who not only is a big body who can stop the run, who can hold up blockers, but also rush the passer too. That's so right. if you're getting rushed from the middle, you're getting rushed from both the sides. It allows your edge rushes to get more sacks. And I think, uh, Vita will be key to him having another huge season. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I think the thing too, when you look at at uh, when you look at at the the sack totals this year, and I I think J- Joe Tryon Choenka is going to end up with six. I think that's going to be his number as a as a designated pass rusher. And but I think that that six is going to help the Bucks get over fifty sacks this year, which will be the second time it's ever happened in franchise history. The Bucks got forty seven in. Todd Bowles' first season as defensive coordinator. They got 48 last year. I think they're going to continue to ascend. I think they'll get over 50 this year. Joe Tryon will be a big part of that. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. Six, seven sacks. I mean, he's looked unblockable at times. And just as much as it helps these offensive linemen, it helps these, these outside linebacker edge rushers to go against, you know, these great offensive linemen. You know, again, iron sharpens iron. And right. I think he's going to be ready. Going going against Trishan Werfs. I mean, we talked about yeah. Shaq having a quiet preseason well, uh, you know, training camp. That's why. And yeah. Tryon's lining up on both the left and right side. So he's going up against Werfs too. When he goes up against one of these lesser tackles, I think he's going to feast a little bit. So, yeah, I definitely – I can see him having a, a two-sack game. You know, maybe that's where he gets yeah. his six, you know, coming in as, as you said, that DPR. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of numbers, uh, you've helped us get over 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's awesome. Uh, we we want to see that number grow to, to 10,000, and we're on the way. If you're listening to this edition of the Peter Report podcast live or if you're listening to a recorded version of it, subscribe to our Peter Report TV YouTube channel and hit the like button on our videos. You can also hit the, the uh, notifications button. What that'll do is – when we go live and sometimes it's fluid after games because depending on what time the coach uh, Bruce Arians and the players speak after the game, sometimes it's closer to 35 minutes. Sometimes if they go a little bit long, it's closer to 45, 50 minutes. So when you hit that notification button on our Peter Report TV YouTube channel, once you've subscribed, you'll get a notification to let you know when we're live, especially for those post-game podcast so that's the reason for doing that so we appreciate uh everybody joining us today Uh, john will be back tomorrow uh with a special guest and uh jc uh, i liked your list i like my list i think the buccaneers i think seven was the magic number for for both of us today for the peter uh pro bowlers and uh, we appreciate everybody's comments back there so for jc i'm scott reynolds saying we'll see you next time on another edition of the peter report podcast out Oh.